welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today's guest is Dina Dean, and I am so happy that you guys get to hear just a little bit, just a tidbit of what this human being has to say. I've known this person for over a decade. They were one of the first people that I met when I really started to expand to allow myself to be seen, to grow as a queer person, as a black person, to be a part of a really amazing community that puts on this awesome retreat that happens once a year. This person and I have shared circle in ceremony, expressed truth, expressed joy, expressed love. This person has inspired, enlightened, and educated me in so many areas. And today's conversation just touches on a little bit of what this person actually has to offer and what they have to say. We talk about freedom today. We talk about truth today. We talk about legacy and changing the world today. What I love about this person is that they have a calling and a conviction on their life to inspire and to enlighten others. And that is why I'm so grateful to have this guest. So I invite you to get comfortable, to take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready to listen to another conversation. Well, hello there. All right. Good morning. Well, I guess it's afternoon, huh? <laughs> it is. Well, yeah. So we're going to dive right in. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with giving you the floor to introduce yourself to listeners, um, sharing your name and your astrological sign, if you are feeling that, and then just one of your passions. Well, my name is Dina Dean. Um, Right now, one of my primary passions is learning how to extract money from the stock market. And I'm a Scorpio. Well, well, well. Well, thank you. So for those who don't know exactly what that means, can you explain a little bit more about what extracting money from the stock market looks like? <laughs> I thought you were about to say about what that means to be a Scorpio. <laughs> oh, we'll come back to that. We're going to come back to the Scorpio question. <laughs> well, let's see. So I feel like most people have heard the terms of the stock market. That one's not familiar, but the mystery comes for most people and learning how to make it real and actually get money from it. And so that's been one of the things that I've been learning and trying to specialize in over the last four years. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I was one of those people who did not know or understand how to bring the stock market into a financial reality. Back to your astrological sign, you said that you're a Scorpio. And um, so I've had, I ask every guest that same question. And, um, some people, you know, say, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Scorpio, I'm a this, I'm a that. And I'm, you know, a hundred percent that, you know, and I always ask them, what exactly does that mean? So what does being a Scorpio mean for you? What, what, what elements of that astrological sign do you feel like apply to you? Well, to be honest with you, I don't really know too much about the astrological meanings, but what I focus on is the astrological connection. Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest with you, I could not run down um, all of the traits and characteristics of a Scorpio or any other 
sign. But what I like about it is that there's this part of everyday culture, no matter, you know, for so many people, irrespective of your religion or your belief system or your race or your class to where even if it's on a subconscious level, they have some idea, some feeling that they're part of a starseed. Mm-hmm. And I definitely believe that. I know that's metaphysics. That's another part of my life. But the thing that I like about it is the connection to the stars and why it's important to me and why I recognize it, not for traits, but because of this fundamental meaning of us being connected to more than what we are now. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And that's where I think my interest, if you want to call it that, in astrology and the zodiac is that reminder that you know, on some level, we are all made of the same stuff that stars and planets and galaxies are made of. So it does create a sense of connectivity on a different level, you know. And of course, there's, you know, the pop culture, the fun facts about, oh, this sign likes this or this sign likes that. And some are accurate and some are not. You know, obviously, we're each individual, you know, manifestations. But I do like the fact that it does give us a sense of awareness, even that while we may not operate the same way that stars do necessarily, that there are similarities, you know, between us in this human form and, and the stars and their, you know, and their interstellar, you know, form. Um, the reason why I asked you specifically to be one of my guests is in my efforts to create this podcast as something that is very real and authentic for me, I have selected different guests to speak on different topics that I feel are really, really relevant to them as individuals. And I know that a couple of years ago, God, almost how many, a couple, maybe seven, almost eight years ago, I remember having a conversation with you where you were asking me questions about freedom and what freedom looked like for me and what it meant in order for me to, to feel a sense of freedom. And I think this was like 2011 that we had this conversation. And at the time, I didn't know where your journey was going to lead you. And now that I look up, you know, seven years later, I've started to see how your journey has unfolded. So my question for you is, when you were starting these conversations about freedom years ago, what was your intention then and how has it started to manifest since that time? Well, back then, my intention was first to have my, an opening in my third eye. And that happened actually in December 2010, where I called it my freedom awakening, my deep sense of feeling. And in some ways, it felt as though it was all of a sudden that there was something more you know, a pondering, a yearning, a wondering of how life would be if I had more control of my time and more access to my creativity. After that awakening, that actually happened after a drum and dance workshop at the Black Lesbian Retreat that I participated in annually. So the drum medicine got into me, the dance medicine got into me, and somehow I found myself in an expanded state. I just can't shake it. That's how you know something is for you and right on time. That's my belief mm-hmm. system. It's when you just mm-hmm. can't shake it. And so then I began to talk about it, talk about it to myself, first and foremost. I myself, um, you know, I'm my first ear. Mm-hmm. And then I started talking about it to friends, family, and loved ones, trusted loved ones around me. And then I started to seek out people in my community and in my immediate circle who I feel had 
who were in some sort of touch with this type of freedom. I began to see got mentors, both on paper and in real life, to begin to step into this journey. I knew it was something that I didn't want to lose. I knew that I didn't want to fall asleep. I felt like I had been awakened. And I knew that I was in danger, especially in the beginning, of falling back asleep. And I did not want that to happen. And so I had no idea how the journey would look. But one thing that I walked away with in that first year, after the first year of my freedom awakening, was a list of about 125 things that were part of what I would call my freedom dreams list. If I had more control of my time, more control of my psyche, more control of my creativity, more control of some of the things that are important to me in life but that had been dormant, that I had never explored, how would that look? And it was a, a list of great inspiration and continues to be so and do so and gives me, it basically provides a compass for me as to how are my freedom dreams going, even when life is being life and the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, there's a constant there now that didn't exist before December 2010. And where the stock market comes into play is that I would never have known how large of a role the stock market would become in terms of being a part of my freedom dreams. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that what's beautiful about that part of your story is the fact that it came through in a very natural, vulnerable, you know, spiritual way that it wasn't, you know, oh, I, you know, saw a commercial for how to make money in the stock market and that's what led me there. You know, it's like it started, you know, in a setting where you're participating in ceremony and you're in a retreat setting and you're being fed through ancestral medicine and it launched, you know, this whole experience from then on. What I think is really great is that you took the time to record, like you said, over a hundred different things or different items or different elements that served as your compass or your direction or your directive, I should say, that has continued to lead you in the direction of obtaining, creating, and maintaining a sense of freedom in your life. And I think that's pretty dope. You know, I don't know how many people have ever taken the time to really sit down and have that conversation with self to say, what does freedom really look like? for me mm-hmm. and and how will i know when i when i've accomplished it you know how will i know when i've achieved it and i think for me freedom and what i identify as freedom does have a tendency to evolve as i evolve you know at one point in my life it was well if i can just have you know time freedom which for me was having control over my time, what I dedicated my time to and and so on, that was like, let me just get that and I'm good. But then once that manifested, I started thinking, well, I still do feel a sense of captivity in this area of my life. So how can I create freedom there? So really taking the time to sit down and identify it is important. And then for me also was a sense of a sense of financial freedom was important for me to feel completely free to not feel like I was being held captive by lack and limitation of material wealth, you know? So for you, when you were introduced, I should say, to the stock market as a facet of your freedom, what was your first impression of it once you started to explore? 
My first impression of the stock market was belief and disbelief at the same time. Now, I've always been interested in the market ever since I was, I would say either my last year being a junior or my first year being, or my first semester, not year, I meant semester, of being a senior in college. I got involved with a company named Primerica that came to campus, and that's where my financial education began. I went on ahead and went to some of their seminars. You know, I was one of the youngest people in the room, a 20-year-old, 21-year-old. And I have to say that that company taught me some of the mm, foundational building blocks and helped feed an interest in the markets. Now, they were, they were selling mutual funds. They were not traders. They're not at the level and the detail and the hands-on level that I am in. They didn't take control in that way. But it was an introduction. And my mentor there had come from a legacy of stock traders. His father had him in stocks, even while he was um, helping people to understand Primerica and maybe sell mutual funds. He himself owned individual stocks and it was a path to wealth. Um, And so I got a chance to meet someone for whom this was reality. And I had a great interest in it because, you know, this, this time there was the tech bubble. We know in the year 1999, 2000, we had the tech bubble crash. So it was everywhere. If you were aware, it was everywhere. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Some people probably never saw any news on it because they were, it just was not in their periphery. But it was at, in mind because I was in that company. We were interested in the markets. That was a part of what we were sharing with the public. And um, I got a chance to see. I got a chance to see how volatility could go and my interest remained. And even though I didn't act on that interest, for over 10 years after I graduated from school, it had never left. And part of it, I always felt like, mm, how do I put this? How do I put this, Keyshawn? I always felt like, okay, there's no other way to say this. Okay. There is, and you have heard people like Robert Kiyosaki and some of the other people who talk about this. The way that our current system has evolved, or the financial system, mm-hmm. I knew even when I was a traditional employee that was not learning about the markets, that it was there. It was there through the pension funds. It was there through the 401ks. It was there during, I knew that the government, I was a researcher. So I knew that the government was investing in hard and soft assets. Some would call stocks, soft assets, paper assets. Mm -hmm. So it was there forever present. And I knew for my generation, you know, my generation and all those under me, we would need to know how to control it. We did not have defined benefit plans. Those are where you can work somewhere and you can get a certain amount without needing to know how to invest. We all had defined contribution plans. So we would be responsible nonetheless, whether we knew or not. Mm-hmm. And in some way, it had a feeling of being the biggest hoax. I worked in nonprofits sometimes. I knew that our grant money was coming from wealthy people who were most likely investing in the markets. I began to see the weaving together of all the threads at multiple levels when I didn't feel like many people could see it. But on every level, it was there. Nonprofits, for-profits, governments, for the poor who might be receiving benefits from governments who are investing in the markets, for the middle class who have 401ks where they're expected to know about the markets, from the wealthy who were in the front line creating the markets through ownership of public companies and by running public companies. So I just had to see it. I was like, well, and, um, you know, I started up an investment um, club because I wanted mm-hmm. to learn more. I got in one of my first investment seminars was 
with one of the co-founders of Blue over at that same retreat where I unexpectedly had that freedom awakening. One thing that I have to say about the freedom awakening is that I was not seeking it. Mm-hmm. Some people are seekers. That yes. was not where I was. I was enjoying hanging out, meeting people, enjoying the time. But for whatever reason, I came away with an awakening. And so I am one of those who feels very grateful. Like I feel like it was um one of those turning point moments of life because I was not in that mode in that way. But then again, you hear about the age 33. I was mm-hmm. age. So I have to say, even though we may not understand all these things cosmically, I'm coming to understand them more and more. There was something about that. There oh was a year of the double three. I was in the threes, and we know that. Well, that's numerology. That's for mm-hmm. the podcast. <laughs> don't give them too much don't give it all away <laughs> you know you, and I had to pay attention to it and um the last thing that I want to say before moving on to your current question was around the spirituality piece yes that was also awakened concurrently at the same time right and it continues to play a major part of my um in my life and my relationship my sweetheart where I do a lot of my community service at a place called the Earth Lodge, and it's all woven into one. And this all happened around the same time in a cosmic way. So I needed to get that on record. So I appreciate on. you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So moving on from there, I got a chance to see the multidimensionality in society in which the market played a part. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had to sit myself down and I invited those who may have had interest in my family and friend networks to sit down too to say, hey, let's learn about these things. I had read about the clubs. Mm-hmm. So I had a feeling that we can learn because I read all the books about the, not all the books, but I read about the clubs, how people were sitting down in the living rooms, looking and teaching themselves about the markets. And there's even a nonprofit organization that helps people who want to formally make um, small investment clubs. They give them the paperwork, bylaws, you know, things like this. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, if they can do it, you know, people from all walks of life, of all ages, like surely me and my people can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where my group Les Invest was born. And that's where my true study of the market began. Like I said, um, it was dormant for about 10 to 12 years, a lot because of me reconciling my political beliefs. I mm-hmm. am not a capitalist in that way. I do not believe that the way to ultimate growth is through capitalism. Because I'm also an environmentalist and it's rare that I see unbridled capitalism produce and protect the earth in a way that it should. All my food, air and water ultimately comes from the earth. It does not come from corporations. Right. Corporations are the middleman. All these things like that. So I'm not a capitalist in that way. But I did understand that everything that I do, I'm spending money. Mm-hmm. A lot of the companies, you know, the things that I'm purchasing for my daily life have a corporate label. And then I had to come into a political understanding and balance from within and to know for myself that if it was OK for me to be a consumer and give the corporation money, then it was also OK with me to be on the profit side and remove money through wise investing from these same corporations. So that's how I was able to bring my political values and my environmentalist values into balance. And I ultimately love the freedom of choice that I experienced in the market. Yes. People invest in mutual funds, they don't have a choice. But I can have a sense of whether I like what a corporation is doing politically or in the vet or in the environment or not, and choose not to invest. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate control. 
an expression of my own political values where a lot of people are out of control. It's just kind of like what some investment manager says, you you might feel you don't want to be supporting a certain company, but hey, you're not actually making the investment. So you're out of control. Mm -hmm. So I love, Mm -hmm. I I could not have known that before until I delved in, but I'm able to handpick the companies that are of interest to me. Do I like their values? Do I like their stance in the environment? Do I like their politics? Right. Um, and like I was telling my niece the other day, I said, "Man, when I want, I can play Robin Hood." Because mm-hmm. you know she um she was talking about the high school student movements where they were going out, and you know outside my office a couple weeks ago, I saw the high schoolers with their posters saying "books, not bullets," asking mm-hmm. that there be reduction of guns in the schools because Generation Millennial and the Y Generation are tired of getting shot up in school. I said, well, with that, you can also play Robin Hood. You can go and trade Smith and Wesson and use that money to fund all the pizza and all the anti-gun marches that you want. You can be Robin Hood, too. Depending on how you want to do it, too. That's so true. That's so powerful because as I'm listening and, and as I'm sure those who listen will, I hope, have moments of inspiration and empowerment because listening to the way that you describe the way that you navigate the stock market is coming from a free mind. You know, it's coming from a very consciously, intentionally thinking person and and feeling person as well. And I think that one point that you made that stood out for me was that you can be both a wise and profitable investor and an environmentalist and a philanthropic, you know, thinking person and operating person and somebody that is rooted in their spiritual practices and belief systems that you do not have to eliminate any facets of who you are as a human being in order to really understand, invest and benefit from practice in the stock market. And I think that stands out to me very prominently because a lot of times people have an impression of what it means to be an investor in the stock market, to be a trader in the stock market, to be someone who's actively profiting and pursuing, you know, financial freedom and financial control by participating in the stock market. And I think sometimes those impressions that people have definitely do not bring up the image of a queer black person of a certain age, a a person who did not come from money, a person who is creating wealth, a person who is influencing the youth, a person who is active in their community, a person who is part of nonprofit organizations. They don't necessarily think of that. You know, they think of maybe a white dude in a slick suit with his hair back and sniffing cocaine. You know, they don't think of that because the images and the representations that we see media-wise don't really show us, oh, investors can look just like you. (laughs) Investors can look just like the reflection that you see in the mirror and you can take control and can create freedom in your life and the lives of those who come after you and the lives of those that are in your current community if you just allow yourself to open up and receive what's available. And I know that as a participant in the investment club that you created, Les Invest, I know that in the time that we spent together 
it opened my eyes because I was one of those people who was an employee, who was a contributor to retirement plans and so on and so forth, but didn't really, not only did I not feel a sense of control, I didn't really feel a sense of ownership. So energetically, I wasn't even really paying much attention to whether or not if there was an increase or a decrease. I wasn't interested in financial blogs. I didn't care. I didn't care in a lot of ways. I just knew, well, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put XYZ percent of your income into this account and blah, blah, blah. And then you retire someday. That was it. But being involved in an investment club and looking around the room and seeing people who looked like me and you know being there with the flip charts and the and the the powerpoints and looking at these images that truthfully there was a time when looking at the the ticker tape that goes across the bottom of the screen might as well have been japanese you know i and i don't speak japanese or mandarin or any language of that kind it was like a foreign language whenever i would see um like the graph with the the pinpoints and the arrows and the the peaks and the valleys it would be like the equivalent of looking at one of those paintings where you're supposed to wait for something interesting to jump out and see it. That's how it felt for me. It was so foreign. And there was actually a lot of resistance that I realized that I had that didn't even allow me to to want to explore it. So when you created this group that was intentional, that we we opened with, you know, honoring the ancestors. It was very powerful, the time that we spent together. And then the lessons came. And then the connectivity happened. And then the community came with it. And then the empowerment happened. And then the freedom was awakened. That's what I really, really love about your journey and your experience individually is that it's very unique. So far, I have yet to connect with anyone that I can sit back and really be in awe of when it comes to the way that you walk in this world and the way that you empower others and educate others. And so I just have to honor you for that. Just, you know, if that hasn't happened today, I'm honoring you for that because I know that the time that I've spent in council with you, the time that I spent in, you know, club circle with you, that I know that it changed my life and that my journey to understanding and feeling in full control of, you know, financial material wealth and gain, I feel a lot stronger and a lot wiser than I did before. So I just want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, my, my tagline is it's our time. It is our time. It is our time. And, and speaking of time, I want to honor your time and I know we're, we're coming up on our, our ending, but as we, as we wrap up, I just wanted to ask um, one last question of you. If you could reach back to your 20 year old self and offer any words of wisdom or advice, what would it be? Well, in terms of this topic, financially speaking, I would, I would tell myself to continue on the journey of learning about how to trade stocks in my twenties. Like that interest, that high interest that I had, even if I had done it as a hobby, Mm -hmm. learning just two hours a week, you know, excluding holidays, that's a hundred hours a year. How many people spend a hundred hours on a financial education? Hardly in their lifetime, let alone in one year, hobby style. Mm -hmm. And so it would be to start early. And the reason that I say to start early is because you can start in some ways easier. Mm -hmm. 
not as much going on. I have a lot going on now as I approach my current age, almost 40, than I did when I was 20. So the time was there. Now I make the time. But then I had the time. But I guess now since I make the time, I had the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would have been able to be a little bit more gentler mm-hmm. with myself. Right now I'm very aggressive mm-hmm. in my education. I'm very voracious because I know internally, intuitively, that there's a baseline that once I reach it, then I can take the gas, my foot off the gas pedal. But had I begun that acceleration bit by bit, it would have been, it would have looked very differently. And that's one of the reasons I started the investment club. And especially with um, the children of my life. And as when I mentioned it to those who attend the invest club, who also have children in their lives, like this is the time. We know there's a whole segment of our population for whom it begins in the womb or at birth. So the younger you start the education, the easier it is, the better it is. Now I can't um, put anything on my family in terms of not being of that background, but it was introduced to me by the cosmos in my young 20s at age 20. So if I could go back when the cosmos introduced it to me, I wish I had, even in a hobby fashion, even if only in a hobby fashion, continued on that journey. But I have to say that it's a blessing to be where I am now because from what I can see, there's still all kind of room. <laughs> One of the reasons, I don't know if you remember, Les and Vest, I said, hey, I don't want to um, figure this thing out. And then we fast forward 10, 15 years and I'm by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons, right? Yeah. I had some well, self-interest. Yeah. Well, that's really, that's really powerful. And I appreciate you for, for being so open with that because I think you're right. I think most of us who look back at age 20 have a common message that we would tell ourselves, which is essentially to, to take action now, to take action right now. Don't wait, don't delay, don't, don't, don't procrastinate. Follow that, like you said, that cosmic pull and really dive deep and accelerate. Keep your foot, you know, pedal to the metal, so to speak, so that you can coast a little bit later. So thank you for that. So as we wrap up, I do want to give you the opportunity to share um, ways that people who are listening to this can connect with you, can connect with your organization, ways that people can find you, um, just so that, you know, I want to give you some time to share that. Well, right now, the primary way that you can find me is not through investing. The primary way that you can find me right now is through the Earth Lodge Center for Transformation. Now, the Earth Lodge is a spiritual home, a ceremonial home, a ritual home, a botanical nature-based home that my partner, Queen, has created over the last 15 years. It's her ancestral home. She's converted to a healing space for the community. So that's where a large majority of my work and love goes and flows. Now, as I go ahead and get my course together and go ahead and get my website together, you'll be able to go physically and find out how to be in community with me. But right now, also, I just instituted um, after the, you know, the urging of some of the folks in the community to be able to do less invest with ah, with video conferencing. Yes. <laughs> so you're in less for, uh, participating in less invest. I'm doing it quarterly. For now, it's free. Please email y underscore Aaron. So that's y underscore a a r o n at yahoo.com and put less invest. And when I do do these quarterly my quarterly meetings, you'll be on the list and find a way to participate. So that's the best way. EarthLodgeCenter.org is the website. 
um, in terms of contacting me through my spiritual work. And for my financial work, you'll have to email for now, y underscore Aaron at yahoo.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much for being a part of this. I know that I got a lot out of this conversation, even knowing you for the time that I have, just hearing your story, hearing a part of your story, I should say, is is inspirational all over again. So I appreciate you for taking the time to sit with me today to be a part of this. And um, yes, I, I can't wait to connect with you again soon. All right. Thank you, Kishan. And thanks for the blessing. You're welcome. Okay. Peace. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Oh my goodness. I don't know about you guys. Actually, I do know. I know that anybody who heard that conversation is probably asking themselves right now, exactly what does freedom look like? What does freedom feel like? And how does financial freedom play into that? So those of you who were able to hear this, there are many ways to be able to find out more about the stock market to find out more about how to build material wealth to find out more about creating freedom in your life and as Dina shared with us there's ways that you can connect with her you can connect with the community that they serve the Earth Lodge Center for Transformation is in Long Beach toot toot to Long Beach I have had the privilege of being a part of this community for almost 10 years now and it has definitely made a huge impact on my life so those of you who want to learn more about the Earth Lodge be sure to check out their website find them on Facebook Google them you'll find them and trust and believe once you step into that space your life will forever be changed so thank you again Dean I appreciate you for offering your wisdom for sharing even a shred of your story I know I feel completely inspired and empowered just hearing it peace you have your choice of podcasts that you can listen to tune into subscribe to and share and i want to take a moment to just express my sincere gratitude for you choosing this one in this moment right here and now i see the light i see the love i see the wisdom i see the beauty the prosperity and the abundant joy shining within you and i bow humbly before your divinity namaste peace y'all